You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. We're here in West Lafayette at Ross Age Stadium after Purdue emphatically pummels Illinois 44 to 19. Close game in the first half. Illinois makes mistakes but finds a way to, to stay in the 16 to 13. But a third quarter from hell for Illinois. 21 straight points for the Boilermakers in that third quarter to break away. And Ryan Walters beats his former boss, Brett Bielma, for his first Big Ten win. And it's a late touchdown, under two minutes left. Uh, I, I don't know if we call that running up the score. Illinois should stop him at some point. But uh, that is the largest margin of defeat in a Big Ten game for Brett Buma, 44-19. Purdue going to use that in recruiting for sure. But, Joey, we got so many things to talk about with this Illinois football team that is just not good right now. They have lost seven of their last eight to Power 5 opponents dating back to last year, but more importantly this year. They have not been competitive, really, against their Power 5 opponents. Been beat by 52 points. So many self-inflicted wounds, penalties, turnovers, missed plays, missed blocks, poor pass protection. I'm just going to open it to you. What, what do you think is the most interesting thing, or what do you want to talk about? I think the thing that stands out to me is the way this happened overshadows who it happened against. And maybe not for everybody. I understand there are some people who are still frustrated by Ryan Walters and, and that whole deal, but this against any team is unacceptable, right? Like a 44 to 19 game doesn't matter. No one asked Brett Bielema about Ryan Walters because the story wasn't losing to Ryan Walters. The story was there are a lot of things wrong with your football team right now, most notably on the offensive side of the ball. And I just, I didn't know that driving over here this morning that the bigger story would be, wow, this seems to be, it's kind of a mess right now for Illinois football. And it wasn't, Bielma versus Walters, Walters versus Bielma. That's that's not what I had on my bingo board, Jeremy. Yeah, and, and Illinois defense had shown signs of life. I mean, I, I don't know if the defense is, is all to blame here, but you still gave up 44 points. You still got beat in the trenches, and Purdue was better in the trenches than Illinois. And, and we've said that about basically every Power 5 team so far this Plus season. Toledo. You're right. And that was supposed to be the strength of the team. You know, Brett Bielma talked about a lot about offensive identity. We'll get into that because I, I, what Brett Bielma said after the game, uh, I don't think that's going to be a comfortable offensive staff meeting tomorrow. But this team has no identity. This team is playing just bad ball. Like that's that's Jay Layman's term. Penalties, nine for 83. This is 
everything Brett Bielma talks about, penalties, turnovers, mental errors, execution, Brett Bielma in his time here, it's always been competitive games, Joey. Like they're always competitive games, except for Wisconsin. This was not competitive. Kansas was not competitive. Penn State was competitive for a little bit, but your offense never really gave you a chance to be competitive. This team has not been competitive against Power Five teams and had to eke out a couple Group of Five wins, albeit Toledo is a good team. But Illinois needs to play better than that. The expectations are risen, and they did not dampen any of those expectations coming into the year. This looks like the other iterations of other coaches. This does not look like a Brett Bielma, tough, smart, dependable um, team that doesn't make mistakes, finds a way to compete in games and has a chance to win because they don't do the things that lose games. This team does all the things that lose games. Yeah, I mean, the penalties are the ones that I just I can't get over because not only are they – I mean, they're 15 yards mostly, right? It's, it's very few false starts. It, it feels like it's always a pass interference, a face mask, a, a late hit. Um, you can argue if that was a late hit on Taps. That's what it was called, right? And it's 15-yard penalties. And, and Brett Bielma mentioned, you, you throw a 15-yard penalty on a drive, you're, you're probably like, – the numbers aren't very good. They don't bear that out very well. Uh, it's the third down. I mean, plays were extended because of those penalties. Which, I mean, we're not even talking about the offense yet, which I think is like every bit of the concern we had about the defense after the first two games, that's what I feel like offensively with this yep. team. And you, you mentioned the identity. Let's just dive into it because you mentioned the identity. Right now, to me, the identity feels like they're, they're thinking, can we string enough together to, to get a couple first downs? It doesn't feel like they're trying outside of the first drive that they're trying to accomplish. Like, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish beyond just hoping and praying that you can do enough to move the chains. Yeah, outside of Isaiah Williams, we'll get into Caden Fagan here a little bit. There, and, and Luke Altmyer is just constantly under pressure right now and he, he made mistakes obviously that strip sack can't happen he's got to take better care of the ball get the ball out but he's under constant pressure and, and Kevin Kane and, and Ryan Walters knew this offensive line was not good they saw and, blood and, and this this offensive line group which we expected to be a strength is bad right now and Brett Bielma said after the game we need to protect our quarterback better and we need to, as coaches to put ourselves in better positions we know who we are now and we need to change based on that. So I followed up with your offense was expected to take a step in year one. And, and Brett Bielma again brought up, we don't have an identity. He keeps saying that week after week. That's not a good thing for Barry Loney Jr. And then I asked Brett Bielma, you know, you've said this over and over again. We need an identity. How do you address that? And I thought Brett Bielma's answer was really, really interesting. We got to have some hard conversations, uh, you know, with the coaches. Uh, and, and, you know, I can – you know, decide all we want. I'll try to put it in their hands, but I think as a head coach, I got to decide what our identity is and, and, and force it that way. Um, and I know that we're, you know, obviously short a little bit in certain positions, but uh, I like our wide receiver core. I like our running back core. I like the tight ends where they're at. Um, we got to give our quarterback a chance. I think what we can do is uh, look at what we're doing offensive line wise, what we're asking those guys to do. And, and I know what we want to do, but sometimes you got to make the decision you know, is it something we ask our guys to do? And if they can't do it, do we eliminate it and find another option? Because obviously the, the one that we're trying to use isn't working. So, yeah, you're probably not very comfortable if you're Barry Lunny right now. And I do think it's it's time for Brett Bielma to have those uncomfortable conversations with Barry Lunny. Because what does Barry want to be? A lot of 11 personnel mixed with some 12 personnel. But I just don't think Illinois has the offensive line to not have more tight ends in the game, Joey, to help protect, to help establish the run game. 
Uh, and, and I don't think you have the receivers right now to, to play three receivers on the field at one point right now. So uh, they got to have huge conversations this week and, and make those changes we thought they did on defense, both in Ryan Walters' first year and Aaron Henry. Those conversations need to have on offense now. Yeah, and I also think you need to determine what you're asking Luke Altmaier to do. And I think for as much as we talked about his arm, he's shown that it is a good arm. I, these long developing routes to, to set up these big explosive plays, which has been a point of emphasis. We've asked about it seemingly for weeks. You don't have the offensive line to to let those things set up. So do you do you circle back to a more Tommy DeVito esque, get the ball out quick, run those RPOs, quick shots, let guys like Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryan, is it a Malik Elzia, Hank Beatty, Canari Wilcher, uh, make some of those moves after the catch. We haven't seen that. So I I think it's everything, right? They're not run blocking particularly well. They're not protecting Luke Altmaier. Knows there's a lot of discussion about the right tackle, all fair. Um, but I, I think if you, you know, there's, where do you pull from, right, on the offensive line? I think it comes squarely back to quarterback not having time, can't get a run game going. And, and a lot of it, there's some that certainly falls on Luke Altmaier as well in terms of his clock's got to speed up. You mentioned that a lot last week, Jeremy. I think we saw that today, particularly on the play that resulted in the touchdown. It's tenfold, man. There's, it's not just the offensive line, but that's a big part of it. Yeah, and it's what Brett Bielema's always had good, um, and it's not good right now. And I, th- I think you can look back and be like, man, this this staff went all of the offseason thinking Zai Chris would be the answer at right tackle. Zai got hurt, was on a cart I, I, leaving the game. It didn't look good, so we'll get an update on him, I'm sure, on Monday. But you might even lose a piece of what you thought was your best five but, man, the fact that they thought Zy Chrysler would be their best five, now they didn't get to see it a lot in practice uh, because he was out the whole spring. He was out for half of training camp. But that looks like a misfire, a misevaluation of, of, of this staff. And so far, you know, Barry Lane Jr. able to move the ball last week against a group of five opponent. The turnovers against Penn State, I didn't think were on him for the most part. You know, he didn't drop the ball that Pat Bryan had squarely in his hands. He didn't uh, overthrow Henry Boyer. Yeah, he didn't overthrow on your burst. There were some things that were there. Like if those two plays happen, if they connect, uh, Altmaier makes the throw to to Boyer and, and Bryant hauls it in, we might be thinking differently. But, man, it's just they cannot protect the quarterback right now, and it just feels like you can't keep dropping back in those long dropbacks. And Luke Altmaier's got to understand, i got to get the ball out quicker. But, man, I feel for him because he's constantly under duress. But the other thing is they keep getting down. They keep getting down. Like they even got a 3 nothing lead today. Uh, Luke Altmaier coughs up the ball. They go down and, what, led for 10-6, and that was the last lead they had in this game. This team is not built to do that. So that's both on the offense and the defense there. But um, offensively, they just have not been able to establish. They were expected to take another leap in year two with Barry. He sounded very confident about that. That is not happening. No, my project for this week, um, probably tomorrow, for the press conferences Monday is go back. Because it feels to me like that first drive, the scripted drive, they're able to go, they're able to move. And then from drive two through the end of the first half, it feels largely like a stall out. And I, I need to go back and look at those numbers because it's there's just a lot of lulls offensively. There's a yeah. lot of three and outs, and the defense goes back out there. And the defense isn't perfect. The turnover or the, the penalties, I mean, the, the way those extend drives, you cannot have those. But, man, it just feels like they're trotting out there time over, time over because the offense is three and out or a turnover and – yeah. There's just no, you don't, I don't feel like at any point, correct me, Jeremy, if maybe you've seen something differently, 
um, that I felt like the offense has had like multi-drive momentum building. I just don't feel like I've seen that from this team this year, and that's problematic. Yeah. Defensively, Joey, they just can't get off the field. The penalty. It's the penalty. The, the, the penalties on third down. I know there was a questionable pass interference, but these penalties on third down keep happening. Uh, and, and then just not able to get consistent pressure. This defensive front has not been as good as we expected them to be. Like that, that's what it's coming down. Like this defensive front, like Johnny Newton has good plays. Keith Randolph has some good plays. The outside linebackers non-existent today. I know they played a little less today. Uh but when they have when they rotate their second group of defensive linemen in, it's a bad group uh, for Illinois, a uh, Big Ten wise. Like it's just not a group that holds up very well. So the depth isn't there. The impact players are not making there. Like Charlie Bowen was brought in to help the pass rush. Illinois has seven sacks in five games. It's not enough. It's not enough. You're not getting enough pressure right now. And today, I thought the run defense really struggled. The fact that Purdue, which doesn't have a great offensive line, was able to run for what? almost 200 yards against Illinois, that, that's a concern moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this is Tyrone Tracy. I think you wrote it, Jeremy, a career high, 112. Devin Mockaby, 67. It was a 189, and that's with Hudson Card losing 20 on sacks. I mean, it's it's not the, – the trenches that we thought coming into the season were going to be strengths of this team just haven't played out that way. There's been flashes. I think Johnny Newton was very, very disruptive on that first drive, and – to me, it's the, the outside linebackers. This That was supposed to be the group, right? The, it's time. Take your step forward, Seth Coleman. Build on a really good freshman year, Gabe Ackes group, and that's not coming to fruition. And you're starting – I mean, it's, you're not getting enough pressure on quarterbacks, Jeremy. Yeah, we'll take some of your questions coming up on our live YouTube channel. Weigh in with those. Uh, we'll come up with some of those. we got a bunch of topics our producer Isaac Ambrose has for us. Really good stuff we'll hit on, um, including Caden Fagan, uh, which I thought was one of the few bright spots in this game. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Happy fall season around the corner. You might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Kids back in school, work is heating up again. Well, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. You can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose from 34-plus weekly flavor-packed, dietitian approved meals, ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Well, keep your energy up with Lunch to Go, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Or if you're looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of busy season, Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of summer and the start of fall, try Protein Plus Meals, my favorite, with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So this August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right joey let's dive into uh some of these topics that uh, isaac ambrose has for us a great producer he said woof at the top of it uh biggest talking point from the game and why for me it's it's bioma uh just what he said about the offense and and kind of saying I'm going to force my way in there. I, I think that's the most interesting takeaway from this game or post game kind of mark that we heard. Yeah, I agree with you. That was, I mean, that was my big takeaway walking out of it. Like there's some games we leave. And it's like, what are the stories that to me is I say the only story, right? Like there's some notebook, I, but like to go behind baseball a little bit, right. Or inside yeah. baseball, like that is the big story is, is finding this offensive identity in a lot of the same ways. We had this discussion about the defense after Kansas. Like that's kind of the one-to-one that I'm feeling when you listen right now. Where did you and I go from here? I'll let you answer that one first. They better hope a win against Nebraska on Friday because that's a program in that's must struggling. win. I, I am not afraid to call that Ooh. a must a must win. Like if this team has any thought of making a bowl game, they're not going to win the Big Ten West. This team is not good enough to win the Big Ten West. Now it's about finding a way to a bowl game. You have to win your four home games basically would be the, the march there, but Maryland's on the road. I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, at Iowa is going to be very, very difficult. Uh, Kate McNamara out. Uh, I don't know if their offense can be any better. So that can be a winnable game, but uh, I just don't know if you're going to be able to score enough. Northwestern, Indiana, Nebraska, like those are, those are must wins uh, on, on the schedule for Illinois. So next, next Friday, it's a quick turnaround. Maybe that's a good thing for Illinois. Nebraska's not a good team. Must win. Yeah, and where they go from here, I think, is try to find that offensive identity. I, I believe, and, I, and we'll get into it, it's probably 12 personnel, and you, you try to run the ball more effectively, Caden Fagan. Like, that's – Caden Fagan looks like their best running back right now today, and, and I didn't buy that when it was presented to us on the message boards earlier this week, but he's explosive. He's big. Uh, you, you've got to figure out, can you run the ball, move the chain, sustain something offensively, against nebraska i think like that's the biggest question i have going into that game that's the thing i need answered the most coming out of that game 
Yeah, so we'll get into the Illini standout among the loss. Uh, it'd be Caden Fagan, right? I mean, maybe it was later in the game. Some of the runs, I mean, it didn't matter towards the end. But, like, you saw a guy who's big, physical, and explosive. Like, Josh McCray does not have the explosiveness Caden Fagan has. Fagan looked like a four-star prospect. And, yeah, Joey, there was a guy in the message board this week that said, for us to be a good offense, Caden Fagan has to be the back. And I'm like, based on what? He has, like, seven carries? Eight carries, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, seven or eight carries. Well, I agree with you now. Um, this is our listen, apology to you. <laughs> listen, we saw some flashes of it, and we're like, oh, I like the idea of it. But it doesn't look too big for him, Joey. Going from Class 2A football to, to this, it doesn't look too big for him. And Isaiah Adams even said after the game, we need to get three of the ball more. <laughs> that was that was really – like he, they believe in him. And Brett yeah, was, talked to yeah. Brett Bioma talked after the game or talked after you know a couple weeks of practice of – our guys get excited when he has the ball. I think the offensive players are looking for something to believe in. I think they think Luke can do it when he's got protection. We know Isaiah Williams is a stud. He was a standout today. 113 yards was phenomenal again today. But Caden Fagan looks like what they need to look like. They need more offensive playmakers, and Fagan surely is one of them. Yeah, and look, I mean, let's be honest. You and I have kind of pumped the brakes on making sure we're setting realistic expectations for him because – we believe that they, the way they talk, the way they talk about Reggie Love, and continue to. He missed today's game. He had a walking boot on his right foot. The way they talk about Josh McCray bouncing back, seems clear to me that Fagan is just forcing their hand. The way he's running, he runs very, very hard. He runs, he falls forward, like just little things that we're talking about. That's what he does, man. And I, I didn't know that it would be the fifth game after the fifth game of the season. We're talking about like, yeah, it's probably time for him. Yeah. But it, it certainly is. I'm going to start with this defensive side. What can the defense do to adjust from this? I'm going to go with Joe. They need to be more aggressive. They they need to be more aggressive with their pressure packages. I saw kind of the tale of two different play callers today, to be honest with you. Ryan Walters is really good at his job. So anyone who thought that wasn't a loss, you were just kind of kidding yourself, right? Um, Aaron Henry's still do, getting used to this thing. And I think we've seen some positives um, the last couple of weeks. But Illinois is just not able to get to the quarterback right now. There are some times where they did get into some of those situations. I'll give Aaron this, though. They didn't get in third and, third and long very often. And when they did, they committed penalties. Um, but, man, this defense, this defensive front has to create more pressure because I just don't think your secondary is good, good enough to give a quarterback five to six seconds of, you know, of sitting in the pocket. So, um, I, I think they got to be more aggressive and inside on that. And I, I think that's what some of the good things I saw against Penn State and last week. Um, I think they got to get back to that. But that also means you got to stop the run a little bit better on first and second down. Yeah, they've not done that. It felt like Purdue today was getting four, four or five yards on first down on the ground. And really, frankly, the only time they threw it in some of those situations was when Illinois subbed Zach Toby in and they tested him, right? Otherwise, they, they were running on first and second down. And having success, uh, we we just haven't seen the pressure generated that that we thought we would see from this team. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I think just the unspoken thing is you can't have these third down penalties. They're maddening. Yeah. They're maddening. You think they get off the field, and it's you know at that point you're talking field position for the offense too, right? And it's just it it just hasn't manifested itself that way. And a lot some of them have been judgment call penalties. Right, the, the Taz Nicholson, that first one, they called it a late hit. Brett Bielma said what we thought, thought maybe they would go for targeting. I mean, late hit didn't make the most sense. Uh, pass interference on him and Nicario Harper, like those are those are tough calls. And what do you do there? I don't know, but it's just they, they come up at really, really inopportune times. 
play that created the momentum shift. Um, for me, it's the Luke Altmaier strip sack fumble in the end zone. Purdue recovers it because you got a defensive stop before that, right? That's the first one. The second one is the Pat Bryant. Um, if you would have hauled that in and got a touchdown, it's a completely different game. You can throw the Henry Boyer one in there, but like for me, that shifted the game and Purdue. Illinois wasn't able to score on that drive. They punt. Purdue gets the ball. They score, and it's like lights out. Um, and then I, I thought that was – that Pat Bryant just took the air out of that offense, I think, because the play was there. The play was there. The throw was made. Got to haul it in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna build off that because I think that's exactly what it is. But I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. Oh, boy, they're doing a light show out here. Light show it pretty. Wow. Well. I'm gonna cheat a little bit and zoom out. It was the wide open touchdown pass on the Purdue drive before that. Brett Bielema mentioned that like three times. That seemed to frustrate him. Uh, that made it 23 to 13, and then that very that was next a busted drive, coverage. That was a was busted a, zone coverage. Yeah. So it was those two drives. Like that's the I'm gonna yep. cheat and call it the plays because you go down 10 and then you come back right. Like Pat Bryant catches that. Maybe, you know, you could argue Luke Altmaier put too much. I don't think he did. Pat Bryant catches that. That's a touchdown. And, and so you're talking, you, you kind of erase a busted coverage and you start over. It was that series of drives earlier. It was the first Illinois possession of the third quarter following the first Purdue possession. That's what it was for me, man. That, that was a big, big sequence of events. And then, of course, later they tried to barge. Later in the third quarter, they tried to barge and ends up 21. And, and that was the ball game. Yeah. Uh, Coach, you're most looking forward to hearing this week, Joey. True. I think Barry Lunny, right? I mean, I don't know how it could be anyone else. I mean, sure look, I mean, here's the thing. We're going to ask for Bart Miller. We're going to talk to Bart Miller. And Bart Miller is very, very good with us. He's very honest with us. He's up front with us. I don't know how many more ways I can frame, like, what's the problem here? Right? Why, now do, you, you're why dealing, do you stink up front? Yeah. Now, that, now you're dealing with the potential injury to Zy Chrysler, who left the game, and it didn't look very pretty with he was getting helped off the field. Like, I, I don't know how many more ways we'll ask because that's our job. And I don't know how many more creative ways to go about that, even though he gives really insightful answers. Very at this point, like we've talked about the identity every single week for five weeks. Like at this point, it's probably time to deliver some sort of answer here. Well, yeah. Like what, what is it? And why are you not getting it out of these guys? And what was the conversation like with Brett this week? Um, Cause he, I, I mean, he, he told me we're going to take it. We're going to take a jump in, in year two. And that just is not, come to fruition. So yes, it's definitely uh, Barry Loney Jr. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. Most surprising rotation players that got minutes today, Joey. That's a good question. Hunter Whiteneck? Not surprising, but I, I just I think that it's the biggest change from previous weeks, right? With Hunter Whiteneck. Because if, if Zach Chrysler's out, I would imagine Hunter Whiteneck is going to have a chance to make his first career start next week. There were some things I saw in the running game I liked. Um, I, I do want to address this too. Like Jordan Slaughter could be that guy next week too, potentially. I don't think there's some guy that's not getting in the game right now that is going to be the guy who fixes everything on the offensive line. I don't think Brandon Henderson is that guy. I don't think Zach Barlev is that guy, right? Um, but I do. Th- I, I think it's mostly you got to get physical in the running game. I think Hunter Whiteneck helps that, but I think your tight ends have to help you block. I, I think your tight ends have to help block, whether that's a quick, you know, getting more 12 – for me, it's getting more 12 personnel in the game – having those guys chip, having Luke Altmaier roll out a little bit more, maybe some dump-off passes like that, and, and maybe some guys that can go deep. But I, I just don't think your best formation right now is with three receivers and, and leaving your offensive tackles on an island. No, I completely agree with you, which when we say that, that is implying, and, and we mean probably more Henry Boyer, because Henry Boyer yeah. is, is a physical blocker as a tight end. He's a large human being. Like That's what it would scream to me is, is seeing more of him out there. Number one thing Illinois needs to figure out for next week against Nebraska. I mean, I is it, is it, do we keep going? I mean, well, for me, there's penal- two answers: pen- penalties oh, okay. and turnovers. Penalties and okay. turnovers. Like, cut that crap out. Like, you can't keep. Like, Luke Almeyer's got to take better care of the ball. Um, you can't have that kind of turnover in that area. Like, he, he's got to know. I just got to go down. I just I have to take care of the ball. I have to go down and put it put Illinois in a bad spot early in the game. Then these penalties just got to stop. They they gotta stop. Um, you know, I know Taz is a chirper. Um, so one of those defensive pass interference, I think, and Nicario Harper st- stunk, but they just can't keep having those plays on crucial downs. Yes, yeah, in the 15 yards, you know, Keith Randolph was called for a face mask, and like they all of a sudden they're at midfield. Those, those have got to get cleaned up. But otherwise, like the answer to I still stuck on offense offensively. Is it identity? Is it offensive line? I think those two things probably tie together. So that would be, I mean, that's it for me. Yeah. All right. Let's get some of the questions in the chat, shall we? Should be a fun one here, Joey. Um, I don't blame. I don't blame people for no, being frustrated. No. I Chris, get it, man. The only success this program has had under Brett Bielma is due to Walters. Clear now that he is the only reason Illinois won. I. I mean, look. Here's. Okay. Ryan Walters is good at this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's clear. He's a Power Five head coach in the Big Ten. He's 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 good at this. I don't, I mean, if you felt like that, you probably felt like that last week too. I don't know that one game is worth changing your whole thought. I mean, yeah, they, it's clear they miss him. He's really, he was one of the top defensive coordinators in the country at what he did. Um, I, I don't, that's, that's probably a bridge too far for me to step because Brett Bielma's had success as a coach and Ryan Walters was not on his staff. Well, and Brett Bielma hired Ryan Walters. That had something to do with it, right? And Brett Bielma controls this program, right? Now it's up to Brett Bielma to fix this. Uh, to, to fix the issues that are happening and the fact that they haven't been fixed week to week. The defense has gotten a little better, but the offense still doesn't have an identity. Um, that's concerning. That's obviously coaching plays a role in that. Recruiting plays a role in that. Um, and they need to improve, and that's on him to do it. Jake, this was a year one loss in year three. Simply can't allow something like this to occur. I ha- I was formulating a take in my mind, Joey. Like, last year's Purdue loss was the most costly. For Illinois, for whatever reason, Brett Bielema can't beat Purdue at Illinois. He's 0-3. Uh, it's the only Big Ten West team he hasn't beat. Um, and the Cannon Trophy, Purdue has now owned seven of eight years. 
and Purdue has not always been good. <laughs> it, took, it took a monsoon to take it back to Champaign. That's right. Um, but this, I thought the advantage was Illinois was in year three and Purdue was in year one. It looked flipped. It looked like Purdue was the one that had been in these systems for a long time and that they played clean football for the most part. And, and Illinois didn't. Illinois made the mistakes that Illinois programs always seem to make and that Brett Buma had to try and coach out of this team in year one, right? Um, that's what I keep coming back to. Like He always talks about penalties, turnovers, mental errors, and Illinois is making all of those things. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted this because I, I watched the comments come through and I saw that. I'm like, what a great take from our friend Jake Rose here because that mm-hmm. – that's right. I mean, we and, and it backs up. We haven't seen really something like this since you can go back. We always go back to Virginia, to Wisconsin 21, and we thought that those things that cost those issues, whether it be talent or just getting Brett Bielema and this coaching staff some fingerprints on the program, we thought that had been kind of taken care of, and you, you just see things that just aren't what we saw in that month, particularly month of October last year, have just happened a week over. Fedigator Chase Brown also covered up a lot of the O-line issues last year. Fact. I can tell you for a fact, the Illinois staff knows some of that. So, yes, Chase Brown could outrun some of those things. Tommy DeVito also got rid of the ball very, very quickly, was decisive with it. Luke Altmaier still working for those things. Now, Barry Lunny called the offense a little bit different last year. Now they're more slow developing, trying to take deep shots. Some of them have worked the last couple of weeks, but a lot of them have not. Um, so that that's that's another part is Tommy DeVito got rid of the ball really, really quickly. I noted that in my offensive line story this week that, yeah, Chase Brown and Tommy DeVito, that has felt in protection. And one of the sacks today, Aiden Woffrey totally missed the block, barely played the rest of the game because of it. Yeah, it's, Chase Brown's a big one, but I, I still – I also am a huge believer of those quick passes – eradicated a, a lot of – not a lot. I mean, some concern on the line. Obviously, Alex Palczewski being – Alex Palczewski helped with that too. But no doubt they missed Chase Brown because even when it broke down, he could still get you, you know, a chunk or, or he had that speed to, to break it downfield. Anthony, if Illinois can't reach a bowl game with this schedule, it makes you think they will ever reach one with these new schedules. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is you get Purdue and Northwestern always on your schedule, but you can't beat Purdue. That, that seems to be a problem. No, this schedule is is soft the rest of the way. Like the early part of the schedule was difficult. I mean, even playing at Purdue, it's a road game. It's difficult, but not that's not living up to the standard of what this team we expected them to be or what Brad Bielma thought this team would be. So that's why next week is a must win. Like if, if you're talking bowl game, you got to beat a bad Nebraska team, and Nebraska is bad. Yeah, and to, to Anthony's point, next thing you know, Washington, Oregon, USC are all coming to town and – it's tough, man. It's tough. And, got, you know, got, got to recruit better. Got to recruit better, that's too. Right. That's 100% right. And you probably need to portal portal better. Well, and getting to that point, St. Dominic. What's up, Tom? I said last week four stars matter. Brett did very little in the transfer portal last year. Brett has to get into the portal seriously this offseason. McCray cannot play over Fagan ever again. Listen, I think McCray's going to be a part of this, and I think he can be, um, but Fagan has that burst. I, I agree that they have to be more aggressive in the portal. I, I've mentioned this before. I think in my last recruiting lounge I did. I do think this year when you was Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Isaiah Adams, Julian Pearl, four of your best players. I know Adams has struggled at right tackle. You have to go get talent. You have to develop it too. Um, and I think that's going to be important the rest of the year. But Brett Bielman did not take over the, the greatest roster. His first recruiting class had not the most – four-star guys right i don't know if they had any um and they need to keep keep upping the ante in recruiting because to the last point with anthony 
the Big Ten only gets harder and harder and more talented and more talented. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I I think there are – I don't know. I mean, I think it's worth following up with Brett Bielma as this thing goes on. I mean, you know, right now it's not the best time. But what? how, how much does your portal approach shift in, in terms of just keeping up around the Big Ten? Because it's, it's a fair – it's a really, really fair point by Dom. Fedigators, the old saying goes, bad offensive lines don't travel. We may not win another road game. Love these post-game shows. Thanks for the support, Fedigator. I'm donating four bucks there for five bucks. Five, appreciate five. It. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, it's a bad offensive line right now, Julian. It's a bad one. Yeah. I never would have thought. I never would have thought it. I thought Julian Pearl, Isaiah Adams, um, and Zai Chrysler, I thought, wasn't an all-big 10 player last year, but I thought he would take another step. That clearly has not happened. Nick Kruitz has been solid, but he is undersized, and he gets pushed around every once in a while. I thought Geske was having one of his better games but um, the last couple of weeks, but even he got nicked up a little bit today, and it's just not working as a unit. No, it's not. And like, we should talk about it, right? The, the, I saw the comments, right tackle. You know, they got to figure out right tackle. What do you do? That, like, do, the, you move, do you move Adams back to left guard where he would be better, and maybe you get a better push in the run game? But are you putting a turnstile at right tackle, or do you always keep in a tight end? Like, that's, you know, defensive coordinators are going to understand that at some point. I just, I think you got to give some tight end chip help more consistently. Uh, running backs got to be better blocking as well. But they're overloading it, man. They're, they're getting after Altmeyer, and, and Illinois just has no kind of counterpunch right now. No, and we've seen in the first couple of recruiting classes, it's been much more interior players um, that, that have signed, I think. This coming class, class of 24, has some tackles involved. That doesn't help you now, and it doesn't help you next year. And in an ideal world, it probably doesn't help you in 25, right, if you're playing retro freshman. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I asked Isaiah Adams today. I said, how comfortable you are you at right tackle? That I'm getting, getting to paraphrase him, I'm getting more comfortable there. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, you can move him to left guard, but then you got a right tackle issue. I don't know. I, I mean, I do see some merit to move him inside. I do. I get that. It's just, what are you going to have at right tackle then? Um, and then I mean, uh, how, and then at some point, I, I don't, I still don't believe rotating your offensive line every three games is yeah. exactly a recipe for success either. Yeah, it's desperation time though. So we'll see what they come up with. Chris, did Jeremy finally stop making excuses for Lenny? Listen, I always talk to people in the football better than me um, about this. And I thought Barry Lenny had a pretty good week last week. Again, group of five defense. Uh, and I just thought the penalties, the turnovers hurt him. This week, I just the game plan wasn't all that good, uh, and, and but it started out good. Luke Altmaier with that forty-nine yard keeper, and you're like, "That's something," and then yeah. it went away. Yeah, and again, they just keep getting behind like this, and this team is not built to do that with the offensive line the way it is. Uh, I just don't think the receivers. Brett Bielma said he loves his receiver group. I really like Isaiah Williams. I don't know right now with Pat Bryant struggling way more than we thought he would. Casey Washington, love the kid, just not the talent of getting separation that you need. Um, and that's another question. Do you start playing Malik Elsey more? Even though you know mistakes are going to come with it. But I think at some point you got to see that guy more because you want that kid here long term, right? Plus, there's just talent there. And I, I think – I don't know what's happening in practice, all of that. I don't know if he's consistent enough. I think he had a drop late in the game. I don't really care. But um, there's talent there. And you're going to deal with some of the drops. You're going to deal with maybe some of the inconsistency, but you do need some playmakers right now. And I just, you don't have enough of them right now. Yeah. And it's something we wondered about 
coming into it, I thought Pat Bryant was going to take a bigger step this year. Yeah. I mean, I think who's your sixth wide receiver? Who's your fifth? Ashton Holland's your sixth receiver. But it's so obviously right they, they don't the trust starting... those guys in a lot of, you know, a lot of the playbook right now. Yeah, and I, I, I understand. Like, if you hear that, you think five or six wide receivers really digging down. But, like, it's just a reasonable rotation to run. So you got your first three in Hank Beatty, and then who who do you have reliable that, that you feel comfortable putting out there? I don't know that that's been answered for us. I think you're starting to see it emerge in places, but I don't know that it's consistently been answered. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of comments about the shotgun snaps, fourth and short, or any kind of short. I agree with that. I, I, or if you're going to do shotgun, like get to that pistol and ha- have one of your running backs running downhill. Uh, you got to get downhill there. But I just don't know if they trust the interior offensive line enough. You got a small center, you got two younger guards. I just don't know if they trust it. Not picking up a yard on fourth and one with the barge was, I mean, that was kind of like embarrassing. a telling thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see some calls for John Paddock. Um, just one per one person's just standing I've on seen, that. Uh, I've seen multiple multiple posts. I guess it's only one person. But yeah, I, I I don't think that's the answer. I'm sure it is not. I mean, John Paddock, like a nice guy. I mean, I don't know that he comes in and fixes your offense tomorrow. Yeah. Anything else you want to hit on here, Joey? Before we get out of here, we got to get some food. We but do. This, this is this is completely. Uh, embarrassing, I don't know, but it's just like completely disappointing loss because this team is not what it was built to be. It was not what I was led to believe it was. We don't get to watch practice, so it's harder to think that. But all the expectations that Brett Bielma talked about with this team, that the coaches talked about, the players talked about, it has not showed up on the field. No, it really hasn't. Um, and I'm trying, like, you're saying that, and I, I was trying to think, like, what would have people would have been more mad to lose this game by three points. Like they would have been mad because it would have been a close game. It would have kept them in the fourth and, you know, whatever the case is. But I just, I don't know that any of us had a 44 to 19 game, like thinking that was going to happen. I think there's like a, a sense, I guess the best way I can put it. And I'm trying to figure out my words as I just babble here. Like, yeah. It was jarring. That was a yeah. jarring loss. That is the best way I can like not expected. Very surprising. A loss wouldn't have been wholly surprising losing 44 to 19 was very, very surprising. I, I started this thought, and I, I didn't finish it. Um, the, the most, I guess, impactful loss of the Brett Bielema era was to Purdue last year because you would have went to the Big Ten championship game. This one felt like the most stinging loss. Because, yeah, because you me, didn't expect anything in 21, right? Well, in, in 22, like when you lost to Purdue, right? Like you, you had a chance to get to the Big Ten championship game, but this felt like the most stinging because of who you lost it to, the way you lost it, and the expectations you've had this season, and you just have not looked like a bowl team, let alone a Big Ten West contender. Like, that's out the door now. Um, this is just – it felt stinging because it feels like at this moment in time, and it can always change, right? If you beat Nebraska, you start to get going, you win a couple games here. Um, I think Maryland's going to be very difficult, so I'm not going to call that one. But it can change, but it just feels like this is – what so many follow-up Illinois seasons have been after the breakthrough. And for Illinois fans and for that program or people who are supporters of the program, I think that's why today was so stinging because it was like validation that this team isn't as good as we thought it was going to be and that it might not. Like the bowl path is in peril 
now, let alone like you're not competing for the Big Ten West. That that's why this one I think is is really stinging because three power five losses in a row by double digits and you just not a clean football team and you're not doing the things that have made you so competitive the last two years. Yeah, I would put Michigan State last year up there. If that's another one yeah. you win and you probably go to Indy and that team was dealing with suspensions, they weren't a very good team. That that one stung too, but this has got a little bit probably the added because you thought, you know, this was a part of the schedule. FAU, Purdue was one and three coming into this game. You get Nebraska, that's a, doesn't look very good right now. Like that was, uh, I thought they'd be five and two after Nebraska. Or no, yeah. four and two, four and two. And I mean, they're not, right? That's obvious. They, they lost. So that Tom, Tom, has, coming. Tom has the word demoralizing. Yeah, that's probably it. That locker room looked demoralizing, at least the four guys we talked to. The, the, that looked like it was a demoralizing loss for those guys. And that's why this is where the coaching staff makes their money, right? Because it, as we're seeing, Iowa's not very good tonight. Um, I, I don't know if that's a very good team, but they usually don't beat themselves. They just don't score enough points. So can Illinois find, score enough points against teams like that? I don't know. But this is where the coaching staff needs to make its money, where Brett Bielema does, where Barry Lonnie's got to figure this out. Uh, Aaron Henry's crew's got to be more consistent. They got to, I just the defense has shown some signs, Julie, but it's it's not it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. So I think on that side of the ball, got to get more pressure. Charlie Bowen, Terrence James, you got to get more pressure from from those guys and Aaron Henry calling it. And maybe you're leaving your DBs a little bit uh, worse off there. But gosh, I just I, I love being the aggressive defense. I saw that from Purdue. I didn't see that from Illinois. Yeah, you'd want to make Nebraska. I think this was the start of the season. It's a backup quarterback. You'd like to make him throw, make some throws under pressure. If you do it, you tip your hat. Um, you know, Hudson Card looked fine. I mean, how's, I don't know, man. Yeah, you, you got to dial something up and let your DBs figure it out back there and, and make these quarterbacks really uncomfortable. All right, that'll do. Thank you to everybody who's on our live YouTube channel. Thanks for the couple people donated uh, to get their questions answered. We'll do that the rest of the time as well if you guys want to do that. We really appreciate that support. Uh, and we'll have plenty at Alana Enquirer. I'll be writing about the offense and what Brett Bielma had to say about it, what the players had to say about it. Uh, Joey will have plenty from the players and coaches as well. And where they go from here tomorrow, I watch the film, Joey. It could be one of the uglier uh, experiences of the season so far. Uh, and then we'll have Jay Lehman on the podcast on Monday to break it all down and what he saw. Uh, so for Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Werner. Thank you all for watching on the YouTube channel. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. Thank you all to all you watching or listening on the podcast as well. Follow us. Give us a rating and review as well. And uh, we'll have plenty more at Alana Inquirer. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast.